You're listening to Human Hackers, where we talk human and online. With Phil Richards and Ian Hopkinson. Phil, what the hell happened? That's what most people have been asking themselves, Ian, I'm sure. Moving along in our normal world and then suddenly chaos. And I'm asking the question, but it's also the name of this episode. Well, rather conveniently, that's a, a bit of an advantage of uh, <laughs> sort of prior knowledge or a hindsight, really, isn't it? Indeed. So, what's the what's the what's the breakdown today, Phil? How are we going to make sense of this world? Well, I thought something simple, and it's, it's similar topics to what we've covered in some other episodes, but just to consolidate right now to remind people, I suppose, of the fact the world is actually fairly similar if you want to break it down. And uh, I've divided it into three areas, Ian. I've got normal, chaos, and new normal. Uh, the new normal, normal being there because ultimately we're always always adapting. If we're not adapting, we're dying. Um, we're always going to be adapting to to the new circumstance. So so they're broadly the three categories and then looking at some detail in each of those just to give a bit of a sort of tip of the iceberg sort of picture of, of uh, where I currently see our world. Sounds tidy. Mm. So if we start out with normal, where were we? Now that's probably a debatable point for a lot of people because a lot of people probably didn't know where they were. They were just in it. They weren't an observer of it. And that's one of the challenges in our world, I think, is that people get caught up in it and they lose sight of, of what's actually going and what the dynamics are. A material focus, a non-energetic focus, uh, getting caught up in you know the, the details of economy, uh, the level of conditioning that's going on. Yep. We really are quite a conditioned race in that respect. My mind's already racing here with, with even just this first part. Well, there's lots of opportunities there, and I suppose if we look more specifically at where things are at from an entrepreneurial point of view, and that we we engage as entrepreneurs, we've got a natural human tendency to want to be stimulated and and maybe take risks um, in our environment. And I guess that's what what triggers shifts in society too. That the entrepreneur is a major contributor to how society operates and how it's going to evolve over time. So essentially. Looking at the entrepreneur becomes a, a centerpiece of how we need to move forward into the post-corona world as well. The way the entrepreneurial world and the way our world was set up was more about being engaged in business. So we tended to do human things when we had to, but we're otherwise engaged in business and stimulating what was going on within the economy. So it was very economically based. And to some extent, that's probably led to uh, less focus than we should have had in the human space. So what we've seen is people that were working really hard, that were working to make money, to feed the economy to make it go round. And then along comes corona. And obviously one of the impacts of corona that stood out markedly uh, is the impact on the economy. So we've seen the economy suddenly almost pause or stop or seriously be uh, be damaged at a, at a level that is probably unprecedented in recent times. So as a result of that, it's caused a lot of chaos because when you depend on something like the economy and when you depend on the way you've been operating because you've been conditioned to operate that way because it's part of the economy, then that's one of the factors that actually causes a lot of chaos in everyone's head. And I guess that that chaos piece in, in the middle there, the bit that happens after we've got the impact of corona starting to happen, is really a critical piece because that determines whether you're going to get stable or understand or stabilise what you've got before you then start to move to a place where you're even capable of developing what you need to in the post-corona world. Well, like you said, Phil, in your hacker moment, uh, this is a game that we made up, this economy thing. Well, it's it's like a game of Monopoly. 
Um, and I'm not being you know negative about the economy. The economy is part of way, the way we live in society, so it's not a negative thing. It's just a realisation that the level of conditioning, the way we operated, and then the fact that we're saying you know things like we haven't got enough money to do this and all of a sudden all this money turns up, it's just an illustration that in the end it is just a game. You know, that it's value we place on this thing called the dollar in some way, shape, or form. It's based on the trade relationships and the agreements we've got with other players around the world. Uh, and in the end, if we're actually suffering because of it and we created it in the first place, you'd have to ask the question why we're not capable of moving that around. And I think we're probably seeing the most flexibility we've ever seen towards that adapting the economy or pausing the economy than we probably will ever see in, in, you know, any of our histories right now for any of the listeners. Well, I was reminded yesterday that because I was asking the question, you know, where does all this money come from? And I was reminded yesterday that it's called quantitative easing, easing sorry, quantitative easing. I can't even say it. Um, quantitative easing. Quantitative easing. Is that how you say it? Anyway, basically, sure. basically it means they print more money. Where's the money come from? We just decided to print more. Yeah, it's a it's a game. So you'd have to wonder why, in the first instance of of Corona, why we simply didn't shut down. There, there certainly was a, and not a, not a topic for this podcast, Ian, but there was a taste, a hint, a smell, of political and economic agenda overriding health agendas in that early stage, where we could have probably locked it up in early January. Um, we sort of allowed it to continue, and yeah. I guess in the end, the impact's been significant as a result. Yeah, I remember as a kid, I probably would have been tempted to run off to the photocopier with the Monopoly money just to kind of stay in the game. Yep. But of course, you never do because <laughs> that, that's breaking the rules. That's what's right, bad, breaking the rules, who set the rules. There's another debate we could have. But it's <laughs> the bottom. And, and what's, what's ironic is that what that leads to is one of the key points we need to consider in that chaos phase where it starts to kick in and we start to become destabilized in the fact that our normal world suddenly seems to be breaking apart. We've got no normal reference points. Nothing's happening the way it always did. Certainty's gone out the window. We're in an incredible state of chaos and flux. One of the key things at that point is to stabilise because if we don't stabilise, our mind and our body will start to run out of control. And when that starts to happen, we, we get to a point where we're going to have to break before we have any chance of stopping and possibly stabilising post that point. So one of the key things is to, to really... To isolate, to get out of the that environment. When it's chaotic, get out of the environment. We use a thing called two by two, which is like two steps back, two deep breaths. It's 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 a. I don't mean do it physically in terms of the two steps back necessarily, but at least do it in your mind and take two deep breaths. I just went to do it. Mm, it's one of those pause moments. Yep. Where we stop. It's like okay, what have we got? It's almost a chance to step out. The two steps back is stepping out of the current space. Because mm. what what happens is people people get caught up in that space. It surrounds them and naturally the way the mind works is they see more of what they thought they should see and then it creates this incredible spiral all downhill. So the only way to do that, to actually interrupt that pattern, I guess, is to step out, to, to actually step out in your mind or physically as in literally isolate yourself, yep. get out of the space and then say, what does this look like? What am I looking at? What am I starting to notice? And in that isolation step, you'll notice in the first instance that it feels probably more uncomfortable than being in the chaotic space because you've literally removed yourself from a position where you thought you thought you might have been able to actually have some influence. But what will happen after probably a day or so 
you start to notice things settle. Things will start to settle. And suddenly you become an observer to what you were doing because all the normal triggers are no longer there. So this is an incredibly first step to get that little bit of stability is that isolation step to step out the two by two, to take the two deep breaths, which, which moderates the way the body system and the mind system works anyway, and put you in a position to actually understand what's been happening and where you're currently at, which is the, the beginning of the, uh, the third phase, which is where we start to move towards the new normal. Yeah, that's great. That I mean, that's, that's an awesome tool. I know that uh, just literally being in the whirlwind all the time is exhausting and you do have to pull your head out of it to kind of see where you are. And, uh, and as you say, the, let the thoughts settle, I suppose, or fade away and, and get an understanding of what's really going on. Well, it's, it's also critical, the, the isolation step as in removing the normal stimuli is one of the critical steps in getting human change anyway because we're, we're so open to conditioning based on the way we operate mm. in both mind and body. Um, changing those stimuli, inhibiting them or removing them at that point is incredibly powerful in terms of creating the space for change. So if we don't do that, we, we literally repeat the loop. So it's the same thinking-feeling loop. We're going through the same thing. We're thinking a certain way. We're feeling a certain way. That's trying to think a certain way. We're looking at the same stimuli. So we're getting caught up in that same loop we've mentioned before. So yep. that isolation step is incredibly, incredibly important. We'll be back shortly with Human Hackers. So we move on to the third stage, which is the new normal. How do you adapt to this? Now, how do you actually choose to look at things differently? Once you've achieved that isolation space, you're in a perfect position to do this. But it, it's a matter of having an open mind and literally playing around with ideas. As soon as you start to play around with ideas, it might be talking to someone else, you know, a family member or a friend on the phone. You start to talk about what you've actually found out about the world that you were living in, what you're starting to feel differently about that same world now, how you're starting to feel differently about that world. And it'll start to bring out ideas. And it's really important at this stage to talk to other people, literally talk to other people and express, be open, completely open and express what you're really feeling and what you're really thinking. Because until you get it out of your mind at that point, you're not going to really discover what the structure or the form is around that idea to be able to move forward. So this point is like, okay, we're in isolation spaces. Yes, technology is still available though. So even if you're isolated on your own, literally physically isolated on your own, you've still got technology to talk to others. And so the conversations will be of a different type and a different level. They'll be way deeper than they normally have been. There'll be a lot of reflection in them. But what will happen is as you express and talk about that stuff, you're going to come up with the new ideas that you need to adapt moving forward into the post-corona world, Ian. Yeah, and I get the sketchpad out. I go out of the office. I get the big artist's sketchpad. And I sit there with a blank page on the back deck and I just completely rethink everything again. I just get, mm. get in that headspace to be prepared to go back to the drawing board with everything that I'm working on, everything that I'm doing, and just build it again from the ground up. And I just, I just, draw, I just draw it out. Yeah. And that's and, and, yeah, literally drawing it out, as in drawing it on the sketch pad. I probably do something similar on whiteboards. Um, yep. it, the, the whiteboard for me is the same as the sketchpad, just a whole lot larger. And and it's it's getting the idea out. This is all about expressing the ideas. And the ir- the irony here is that we're going from you look at the entrepreneurial mindset and and you know the the behaviour 
the, the traits and the nature of the entrepreneur. In the normal world, they're completely, ironically, are in a space where there's uncertainty, but it's sort of controlled uncertainty with, in that conditioned environment. Yep. We move to the chaos and then it rocks things about. And then we move to a state of excitement as we move to the new normal. There's absolutely no reason why, even though we're in the middle of the corona thing right now, that we can't be in the new excited, new normal state at present. There's no reason at all because the opportunities abound. Every new change in the environment, every shift in the environment naturally creates opportunity. Yep. And that's where we need to be now because we're about to reinvent the world. We've got an opportunity like we've never had to reinvent the world, to actually come up with different ways to look at things, different ways to interact. A whole raft of different products and services are going to need to be available post-corona world as people realize that this isolation thing was A, valuable, B, people can work from home, C, there's going to be way more emphasis on the possibility of living a more balanced life as a result of that, and D, that means there has to be new products and services available because we're interacting in different ways. Hopefully, it means we won't lose the fabric of actually physical interaction as well. You know, the opportunity to interact physically and engage at, at events and so on. It may be that when we do that, it's actually at a new level that we haven't experienced before. Eh? Yeah, I think that's going to be the integration of the offline and the online, which is going to be a really powerful thing that will come out of this. But I had a business yesterday who was contacting me because they actually want to build a whole new website to capitalise on an opportunity that they've identified. And they're just thinking really positive about the situation at the moment. And yes, it's yes, it's hard. Yes, it's a shock. Yes, it's all of those things that you've described. But that's that's their solution to it. Their solution is we're going to identify an opportunity and we're going to invest in in tackling that. And and we we almost don't we almost aren't thinking about the outcome. We're just taking action. Yeah, and, and, and that's a free space to be in. That's also a very entrepreneurial type space too because once they've moved past that chaos point, they're suddenly in the new the new normal world, in the post-corona world or thinking what that might be like or capitalising on the transition space leading to the post-corona world. Hmm. That's where the opportunities sit and that's where people need to be. If we're all sitting around looking, you know, negatively at the world and feeling very down and ugly, it wouldn't be a very good world coming out the other side either. No. It'd probably be worse than it was before we went in. So it's really important. This is the opportunity for entrepreneurs, Ian. This is the entrepreneur's opportunity to make a huge difference in this world and recreate our living environment in a way that suits us, supports us, and makes us, most importantly, sustainable from a human point of view. And there's some amazing startups and, and ideas and concepts that came out of 2008. When that when all that happened, and I, I really don't see this this period of time being all that all that different. If if anything, it's more exciting. Yeah, I think there's opportunities everywhere. You know, putting aside the the drama and the death and the the pain and the suffering and the grief that people all over the world are suffering right now as a result of the coronavirus. Yeah, of course. Putting that aside and not ignoring that and not you know not uh, devaluing that in any way, shape, or form, it's. Just more a matter of now starting to look forward. We have to start to look forward. We have to get to that space where we're creating new ways of doing things. And, you know, I, I guess thinking about our dependencies, thinking about where we create our dependencies this time around, not becoming super independent in our own right, but understanding how we can actually operate with a level of independent independency in our own right and also create synergy with others. And that comes back to the principle of groundedness, which we've talked about many times on this podcast, Dean. 
So how does how is all this like? What are the I was going to say what are the takeaways for our listeners, but what are the what what are our recommended actions they can take? You know, they, they've heard this. Hopefully, it's resonated with them. What do they do? Just like I said, understand that you're going to enter that chaotic chaotic phase. Understand you need to step out. You need to isolate. You need to do the two by two. Yep. You need to step back and actually get that perspective to start with. That's a critical first point. And then start talking about it with people. Just start doing that. Now, if you're entrepreneurial in nature, as soon as you start to talk, your mind's going to go crazy. Ian. <laughs> you're going to come up with all new ideas and different ways to do things. And then probably the next phase is quickly move to a place of implementation. So I guess we're focusing in our own right on human online as two key areas moving forward. And ironically, in this current, current environment, they are two critical areas as we move forward. So probably each entrepreneur needs to think about those same two areas. What are they going to do from a human point of view? What are they going to do from an online point of view in terms of implementing that new business idea? And then start to think about how that idea sits in the marketplace. So really it's just stop the chaos, stabilize, and then talk about where you're going to go, what you're going to do, and take action. Probably the three takeaways there. Yeah, perfect, Phil. I mean, some of the comms online have been pretty tragic, people selling their product, their service, hitting you over the head with it, just absolutely nailing their email list and you haven't heard from them for a long time. So people's reactions have been to this have been quite, un- I won't say unusual, but sort of quite quite normal in, in that they don't, normal, they don't have a particular marketing strategy online anyway and then they've gone into desperation, kind of a desperation sort of, period and then have just pulled out all of these weird and wonderful strategies that they've not even tried before it's just been really super clunky and it's been hard to watch and i've even found myself unsubscribing or pressing the delete button a few times which um in this period of time you want to help people but if they're going about it the whole like you know completely the wrong way then what else are you supposed to do phil you've got to sift through all the crap I've found the same thing. I've been hammered by emails from people that I probably had a lot of respect for pre-corona, but I've lost it very rapidly and literally deleted and unsubscribed because they've been pushing stuff, you know, framing the same material in six different ways and then sending me six different emails on the framing of the same material. And I'm seeing through that and thinking, hang on, it's the same stuff underneath. Yep. What are you doing hammering me over the head with this? So. Certainly, I think that the key thing is the, and it's a segue into the online space too, Ian, which I think is something we need to cover here just briefly, as to what we do from an online point of view when we're in that creation space, when we're moving into the, the transition period to the post-corona world, what do we need to do online in that space? That's probably a critical question right now. Yeah, and it's a defining moment. You know, all of what you've laid out today, Phil, is a fantastic um especially for these businesses who have gone into that desperate mode uh, because ultimately what you should be doing now if if you're on if if you're a brand that really cares about your customers and your relationship with them and that being a two-way dialogue if you really care about that then you'll you'll add value and you'll help them first before you hit them over the head with a product or a service 
Now, activating your email list, okay, that's that's all fine if you want to do that. But don't start with a sale. It's like those LinkedIn messages that I get. You know, the, the moment someone connects with me, whether I know them or not, um, and I speak at a few events, so sometimes I do accept people who I don't know because I think they've actually been at that particular event. And, of course, they've got their automated software set up, and the moment they I accept their thing comes through, Ian, have you thought about outsourcing? Have you ever had a virtual assistant? You know, all this sort of stuff. And don't, it doesn't work. That does not work. You have not built any trust. You've not built any respect. And here you are with your hand out. It just, it irks me, Phil. Can you hear that in my voice? I can, and it's it's also a fundamental that we talked about. It was a sort of a, a tenet of, of why human hackers got created, and it was bringing the human into the online space. Yep. So in other words, bringing everything human, as in relationships, into the online space instead of having this salesy type thing that's been going on for so many decades. So certainly the critical thing is is understand what the relationship's like, understand the customer, as in interact with them, talk to them, You've got time to do it now. <laughs> yep. You're sitting around at home. You're going to have, if you're traveling an hour and a half to work in the morning, an hour and a half home, you've got three hours extra a day where you can actually talk to clients. Get them on the phone. See what's going on in their world. Understand them. Build the relationships. The sales will follow. That's the, that's the thing that happens, the transactions that happen after the relationship's formed, unless the person is in a position of necessity, in which case they're going to buy anyway. But at the moment, it's not a place where they need that that uh, product shoved down their throat via email or any other form, SMSing and all the rest of it. It's not the space it needs to be. Exactly. So I guess in the, the online context, get the approach right, really think that through. What does you know? What is that version of adding value and helping people? So revisit your core values, and and just think it all. Just think it all through, even even week by week, day by day. I mean, that's the kind of environment we're in at the moment is you have to, you know, chat to your team or your colleagues or family and really just just bounce off them some of the things that you're thinking of, you know, relating to your audience or your, your customers uh, because it is a sensitive time at the moment. Sometimes you can put something out that's just uh, might be fine in any other circumstance but not in the current environment that we're in. Um, you know, the the other thing too is the you know all the emails that say this is unprecedented and this is this is hard times or unusual times or weird times or we all know that by now just get to the point what what is the value that you're going to add just just get straight into it because um we all know this is unprecedented we've heard it a thousand times um and to be honest Phil when i get one of those emails now I've already got my hand on the delete button when I see it. it's unprecedented times and or or where you know our team is our team is isolating and we're we're doing the right thing and yada 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 yada. If you've built up that trust with your customers as a brand, they they will already assume in the way that you walk and talk and you are being online with your messaging that you are together with all of this stuff. You don't need to tell them what you're you know, occupational health and safety policy is in Corona world. Um, you know, <laughs> like just <laughs> honestly, just get into it and just be 
um, be the brand and 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 ooze the core values. Talk to your people. Talk to your people. Talk to the people you're dealing with, and from a client point of view, like that that that's a bit. I'm laughing about that because it's sort of like, okay, what ways can we use to interact with our client base? So we'll hide behind all these walls and a firewall and you know a facade of who we think we are online, and we'll just go and send messages out. We'll just send words out. Just send words out. We'll send emails out. <laughs> uh, you know, let's send them out. Let's so we can create a relationship. Ah, uh, that's not going to work very well. It might have worked early on. <laughs> Thanks for playing. Yeah, exactly. I could make the sound probably. So <laughs> it's it's not it's not it's not where we need to be right now. This is the the message is get real. It's about getting real right now. Getting real means talking to people, understanding, taking the tonality on board, not just not just sending an email out. You know, emails annoy the hell out of me right now, eh? They really do. Just emails <laughs> annoy me. They seem clunky. They seem slow. There's no context. There's no emotion. You can put as many emojis in it that you want, but it doesn't communicate the same way as having a conversation with someone, whether it be either on the phone or face-to-face. No. The reality is that is the currency that allows relationships to be formed, not emails, not SMSs. It's a, bad, it's a matter of stepping up to that point. It just amazes me and amuses me at the same time where all these techniques are created to create relationships, in quotes, using words without any auditory or visual component. Yep. It's just plain dumb. <laughs> it's not where we need to be. We need to move past that point. Yeah, an email is a you know a record of a conversation or a document or something that you can refer to Um but it's not exactly Phil. It is not a relationship tool. Um, it's an informational tool. And you know the other thing, I suppose, you know, practical tips with online. Um, now that we've shown our passion for uh, for how we think things should be, um, if if you're a, if you're a brand who wants to talk to your audience, then create some content. That might be video. That could be images. That could be you know, it could be words. Create some content. Something that connects with them that is going to uh well inspire them ultimately inspire them add value help them through this time um as i said get to the point though come up with some content and send it to one of your key customers and say hey just on the quiet here i'm thinking of putting this ad on the on the channel what do you think about this <laughs> just ask them. exactly start it start a conversation exactly just ask them and that and that, and that's what exactly, and that's what that's what people want at the moment. They want to be collaborated with. They want to be factored in. They want to be thought of. If you, if you can get if you can get your customers or your clients or colleagues to know that you actually care about them at the moment, genuinely care through whatever channel it is that you choose to communicate, then you, you're doing well. You, if, if, but, it, but it seems to be that so many people have trouble with that, Phil. They do. And if you create some content and you send it out to a client and now frame it first and say, hey, I'm about to send you some content through, is on the telephone, can you have a quick look at it, give you some feedback, and then come back and say, Phil, that was shit. It's like, that's good feedback. Right, okay, I need to reassess. I need to get another opinion now, so I'll send it to another client, find out what they think. They tell me the same thing. Well, I'd say the message is probably fairly consistent now. So what do I need to change? I need to find out. And that process of interacting with that client 
and getting them to contribute to the development of that just reinforces so many dimensions of that relationship. You know, it's saying, hey, I care about you enough to give you that content first to get your feedback on it. So I'm trusting you in terms of providing that feedback. That's sending an incredibly strong message to that client. And if you get it wrong, say you get it wrong. Don't make out you're perfect. None of us are. We're going to screw up. Get over that vulnerability piece exactly. because it, it's a matter of just getting real with all this stuff. And we can talk about that, but it's a different thing to actually do it. That's probably a topic for another another podcast episode as well, Ian. Look, it is. But all of these are topics for other episodes because they're endless, aren't they? But the... The other thing I would say in a practical sense from online is that Google rewards you for putting for putting value up on your website, for putting co- content up there. It is actually now in the algorithm. It is actually a, a signal that your site is up to date, that it's fresh, that it's providing value to your customers. So you've got this, you've got this wonderful combination here, Phil, of it's really best practice to connect with people via you know the human channels um, but in an online sense, Google's actually saying, yeah, great, do it. We'll, even the ro- robots like that. So you're sort of getting to a point here, Phil, where why, why, why are you just kind of swimming around in the chaos when you've got all of these positive actions that you can take and be prepared to throw all of the plans that you had out, all the strategies that you had out, be prepared to throw those out or pause them and reinvent. And this isn't rocket science, Phil. No. And yet <laughs> so many businesses seem to be struggling with it. They're just yeah. they're struggling from a human point of view, Ian. They're struggling because it's yep. it's about vulnerability. It's about having made up that perception that, you know, they want to they want to make out they've got it all in hand and it's all good. And that's the bit they're gonna get over. And that's ironically to to sort of tie the episode off, I sense in some ways, I guess. Ironically, that's what Corona has done. It's created the opportunity to actually sit back. It's forced us back. It's not, okay, it's optional to sit down. It's like, bonk, if, you know, you push back into your chair, you're sitting down. It's not an option anymore. Yep. And so we're not going to ever have that opportunity again, I don't think, in, in, you know, in, in the near future. So it's a perfect time when you're forced to sit back, when you're for, forced to disconnect, when you're forced not to go to work due to the restrictions that are in place in this country and, and around the world, it's a perfect time to actually get your head around this stuff and understand who you are, who your family is and who your clients are and start communicating in a real human way instead of hiding behind emails and other forms and make-believe posts on websites and so on. It's really a time to reconnect in an open, honest way and start to build those relationships and build that understanding because it's going to pay dividends for you in the post-corona world. Rock and roll, Phil. Thanks, Ian. Looking forward to our next chat. You're listening to Human Hackers, where we talk human and online. With Phil Richards and Ian Hopkinson.